This is the Rogan and Rodney podcast. Heard weekdays at noon on AM 570 LA Sports. Stream the show on the iHeartRadio app by searching AM 570 LA Sports or podcast the show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Rogan and Rodney. AM 570, an LA Sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. We continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford spoke with the Times, had some interesting comments. Uh, Later, Rodney, we'll get into that. Yeah. Kind of how he decided to leave Detroit, why he wanted out, how it all went down, and how he ended up with the Rams. So we will get into that later on this hour. But now, after that that story that we Man, just talked about. We really need some cleansing, Fred. Don't we? Yes. Yeah, we need to come together as a people. We, we, don't, want, we don't want to think that that could happen to anyone else. So to bring us back to where we need to be and give us some normalcy and some spirituality. It is time for the Daily Haiku at 2. And for that, we welcome on Vic the Brick. Vic, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Fred. Fred? Yeah, I'm here, Vic. Good afternoon. Thank you for the response. Vic, are you on your cell phone? Yes. Vic, can you use the landline? Landline out. My internet's out. I'm having uh, internet issues in Whittier and surrounding areas. Okay. I've been on the phone with Spectrum for a couple of hours and we're working on it. All right. Now, Vic, you know if you're on the cell phone, you've got to be in one location where the cell phone will be clear because... There have been periods of time where you've had to use the cell phone. You've moved around, and you, we can't hear you. I'm in a fabulous location right now. Fabulous? Actually, not the greatest, but it's okay. Are you going to? Okay. You're not going to answer the cell phone. For the high crew, I think it'll work. Oh, oh, you can't even hear. Okay. With the high crew, it will work. Go ahead. Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. BTB. BTB. Yeah. Yeah. BTB. Now I know you get a lot of calls on that cell phone, so hopefully you won't you won't answer that cell phone during our uh, during our haiku, will you? No way. There's only one priority, and that's for the haiku. My man. Vic, who who is your cellular provider? <laughs> AT and T. Really? Yes. Because mine is much clearer than yours. You know, I have been working the wires today with my wife, Yuko, with de-plugging the routers for the, for the Wi-Fi. We're plugging in. We're plugging out. We're following directions from Internet, you know, experts. And it's just a problem, let's face it. So it's out in your area? Yes. Okay. Whittier, maybe Santa Fe Springs, 
Give me um, a touch of Montebello. Hola, Montebello. Much love. Obrea. Hola, Montebello. Hacienda Heights. All out. Problem. It's this wacky world of internet. You know that. It's wacky. Technology and stuff. Exactly. He's the executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney Show. Please put your hands together. It's Dr. Kevin Figures. Yeah, come on now. Mm-hmm. And then the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours, you know, pulling me out from internet hell. It's Ronnie Fazio. Yeah, feeling you, Vic. Sorry about your phone. I'm feeling you, Ronnie. You know, Vic, you, you talk about the problem with the internet. You, mm. you know where this could be corrected. You know what we need. And if we had this, these issues mm-hmm. probably wouldn't happen. You need more space exploration. That's how the signal is bouncing around through space. We can learn a lot from space, Vic. That was the point I was trying to make yesterday. Absolutely. And I also have a new variation of my theme of water. We must go into the Amazon. Also, untap, uncheck. No one has really wanted to discover what's with the Amazon. And it's an amazing, amazing phenomenon. Well, I'll tell you one thing you'll discover. Piranhas, Vic. Again, Fred, (laughs) you you have a fear of the water. Vic, yesterday when you explained why you would pick the water over space... And you said one of the reasons was sharks can't get cancer. And Kevin then said, well, are you suggesting that somehow people morph into shark people and then would never get cancer? And your response was yes. That kind of made us question your theories that sharks don't get cancer. So if we could take the DNA from a shark and combine it with human DNA, and then the person would be a shark person and never get cancer. You understand why that was a bit far-fetched yesterday? It's not that simple, Fred, just combining DNA. You know, diribonucleic acid. How do they come up with that, you ask? I, really I did. didn't ask. Okay, go ahead. I did. It's, it's just, there's some something in my membrane. DNA. Also, I discovered a new incredible fish called the pink dolphin hangs out in the river mouth of the Peruvian Amazon. It's a pink dolphin. Pink dolphin. Is that unbelievable? Is it actually pink? Or is it named the pink dolphin? I've never seen it before. Just oh, yeah, I'm it deep into this stuff. I just looked I'm it up. Deep. Are they pink? It is actually pink, Rodney, yes. Really? It, technically, it's not a dolphin. It's a species of toothed whale. Right, but, it, but it looks like a dolphin, but technically, I guess, I don't know if it's anatomically speaking or biologically, whatever, it's technically a whale. But you referred to it as a pink dolphin. Yes. Again, untapped, the Amazon. And what would we, all right, Vic, fine. So what is, what are we going to study the pink dolphin and learn? What, what's it going to do for me, for us, for people driving around right now? Oh, look what we've learned about the pink dolphin. And then how are we going to apply that to our lives? Well, again, we have to do extensive research in the Amazon, and it's not being done. And there's incredible you know, medicine treatments from the plant, and some of they have these waters that are steaming, and you combine the green leaves and the 
steam of the plants, and you can cure a lot of stuff. What can you cure? The local, the local shamans. The local shamans. That's what they do. The local what? We don't go there. The shaman. The shaman. The medicine, the medicine man. man. Yeah. So at least they're advanced in their cultures and their thinking since they don't even have doctors, they have medicine men. Whatever works, Fred. Vic, if you're if you're not feeling well, Vic, are you gonna go to a doctor or a medicine man? I'm gonna see a doctor. Right. But I will I will also consult with a medicine man. Oh yes. I'll consult. Absolutely I'll consult. <laughs> Talk about consulting. Draymond Green is the biggest butcher in the association. What does that have to do with consulting? <laughs> what he did to LeBron's head you know, the, you know, was just not within the rules. LeBron James, at that point, late in the game, he's got a layup. Draymond, you don't go for LeBron's face, okay? You'll maybe go for a hip. But to me, that was extremely dirty. And I, You thought it was intentional, Vic. Ron Vic, is too much class. Vic, you thought I it was intentional? Oh, absolutely. It was a play, a dirty play to the max. And Draymond should be fined and banned and suspended for next year. At least five games for that foul. <laughs> what? For next year? <laughs> yeah, they're out. They're gone. Oh, well, actually, they're still playing. Jeff, Van Jeff Van Gundy said it was a basketball play. Just play ball. Well, Van Gundy's wrong. Not a basketball play when a, your finger goes into your eyeball with that force, and it was very vicious. So you well, believe, accident, Vic. Fred? You or excuse me, not Fred. Vic, you feel that in the split second that Draymond turned around and saw LeBron in his face, that he actually consciously thought about hitting LeBron in the face and not actually going for the ball, trying to poke his eye out. Yes, right. Yes, I did. Yes, I, I did. I feel like the, I feel like if the tables were turned and LeBron did it to Draymond, you would say that's just good, hard-nosed New York hardball. You know, I don't know why I feel not, that way, but. LeBron's game is clean. LeBron's a clean, a very clean player. Draymond is a dirty player. That's all. I'm just calling, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm calling a butcher a butcher. That's what I do. And Draymond's a butcher. But how about that, that wild three? One of the greatest playoff shots of all time. No, Vic. The greatest playing tournament shot of all time. Yeah, well, they've only had five seconds of playing tournaments. Do you believe he saw three hoops? He just went for the middle hoop? No, I don't you believe he saw. Frick, Vic, no, I <laughs> no, do not Vic. believe he saw three hoops. No, no, I don't. None of us believe that. I believe it. You get close to the eye like that. Everything's everything's rolling around. Are you rolling kidding? around? Have you been poked in the eye, Fred, like that? <laughs> I've been we poked got a in the eye. Bunny Vic. cartoon, Vic, where it's rolling around, <laughs> <laughs> like Perry Biter's eye. You see triplicates. Blunt door triplicate, which makes the shot even more amazing. You remember Perry? Anyway, right, Rodney. You remember Perry Biter, right? No. Yeah, you do. Who? No. You do. Yes, you do. You Perry Biter, the kid I went to school with. <laughs> no. Is he, did he sit in between you and Wanda Jackson? He yeah. was in that class. He was in that class. Yeah, was. and I've told you about Perry Biter. You said his eye rolling around. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Now that you say it that way, yes. Yeah. Okay, of course. He's a guy whose eye popped out and was rolling around. <laughs> and then I asked if a dog picked it up, and the kids were all chasing after it, trying to get his eye. No. It happened when, in school. When he picked it up, did he put it in his mouth to kind of keep it wet and put it back in his eye? 
No, he went. He, I don't know where he went. He went somewhere else. He came back and it was back in. You had to go polish it up a little bit or what? I don't know. He was a little kid. He knew what to do. That's crazy, Fred. I know. He was a little kid. He knew what to do. <laughs> I don't know what he did. I didn't want to see what he did. Got walking around with his eye rolling on the floor and a hole in his head. He rinsed it in the sink and then put it right back in. I, he might have. I don't know. But when I when I he reappeared, it was in. Was it was it glass? Was it fiberglass? Was it rubber? I don't, I don't was know it? If it was like a marble. I was gonna say maybe the kids would have taken and just went to play jacks with it. It's like oh, you know we no. we're short on a ball. Let's go. No, no, yeah. we don't. You don't need this. I don't know if it would bounce, <laughs> but it rolled. It did yeah, roll. It right. rolled. Yeah. Yeah. And for you kids who don't know what Jax is, look it up, for God's sakes. Onesies, twosies. Right. Yeah. The bizarre board game, no? No. It's not, <laughs> a, board, not a board game, Vic. Vic! Of all the people that would remember Vic. Jax. Right? Yeah. Right. How do I know Jax and you don't, Vic? Vic! <laughs> you talking about Jax on the playground? Well, what, what, what Jax on the playground are you referring to, Vic? Like like pickup, like a pickup game of uh, you pick up the jacks, you, you, you toss any dice. I, I don't. I, I never played that. You pick up the jacks and toss. I dice. think you're thinking of hopscotch, Vic. I am. I am thinking hopscotch. Uh, jacks is different. Which is a great game. A great move. Hopscotch. You were pretty good at that back in the day, weren't you, Vic? <laughs> Man, I nailed hopscotch. Yeah, you did. Because I had hop. Number one, I had hops. Yeah. And you drank scotch. And I drank scotch, exactly. Yeah, as a child. I had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a good time. How about the Dodger home fan? Give it up to the Azul 8 of 9. Here we go. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's good, Vic. It was good last night. Did you guys expect that late rally? I yeah. did. <laughs> Me too. I thought so too, Vic. <laughs> I thought we'd have a late rally, too. We have a late rally. Yes. Yes, Vic. <laughs> Somebody show me in. Who's starting tonight for the Dodgers? David Price will start. Uchetta will have the majority of the innings. That is how it's been described. I like it. I Vic, like David Price. Vic, how did you, Vic, how did you stumble on a pink dolphin, though? That's, that's, I'm still fascinated by the pink dolphin. Well, you know me, Rodney. I'm always expanding my game. And I was... Rifling through some uh, panels, and I saw this incredible expanse of Amazon on KCET, and edu- you know, which it totally enlightened me to the Amazon and what uh, what's out there. I mean, I knew it's crazy and wild and great the Amazon, but they really went in depth on KCET. Right, and what did you learn from it, Vic? Well, we got to get out there. We got to get in there. We got to do research. There's a lot of secrets of life in the Amazon, not just the ocean. Not just out of space. And the Amazon, again, untapped. But nobody wants to go in the Amazon for a reason, Vic. Oh, I, research teams would love to go. They're just into financing. A lot of snakes and gators and piranhas. And yeah, Vic. Creatures. A lot of creatures again, in that Amazon. It's a few beautiful fish as well as the piranha. What? How about that? Wait, wait, tell me. You said a piranha's a, a Vic, 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 Vic. A piranha's a beautiful fish? No, I said it's other beautiful. There's beautiful fish as well as piranha. Of course, piranha okay, well, is not very. Oh, no. 
You don't want to be with a piranha. No way to look at. Yeah, I know. You know, they they could devour a cow in like what, thirty-five seconds. Thick a piranha could not devour a cow in thirty-five seconds. I think oh, yeah, a, they school, can. a school of school them of could. Piranha. Yes, absolutely. A school of them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought a lot you meant one. So they get together as a group. Think you're not going to talk about when the lions ate the hippopotamus again, are you? No. All right. But I will give some love to the Dodgers for this homestand. It's just been remarkable. And the starting pitching, again, magnificent. Nick, listening to you on the phone, are you mm -hmm. underwater? No. No. This is the sound. I've been in the same position. Okay. I'm going to throw down the haiku by Ungio. You win. G-I-O. You remember Ungio? Yes, Vic. Ungio. No, that was Un. This is Ungio. Ungio. Okay. I call for you on this Thursday, May the 20th. The mist closed round about the Holy Buddhist Temple. And the sunset bell rings out. Left the night of Panazul. Feeling you. What? <laughs> what? What did he say to you? Something about Azul. the Azul. Let's go 9 of 10 Azul. Ungio <laughs> gets it? No, Vic. <laughs> I enhanced. I definitely enhanced it. Yes, Vic. Staying you... in the moment. Uh, Vic, you're supposed to enhance Stay it. Stay relentless. What? Stay relentless. Yeah. You're supposed to enhance it. Like my man Luxie. Like Luxie, man. Luxie's in that groove zone, man. It's locked in. Here we locked go. in. Here we go. He is locked in, Vic. He is locked in. That's right. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Still talking. Still, talking. still, still going. Still going. He's still going. Doesn't even know where you're It's like XFL Mopey. camp all over again. In Long Beach where it was windy. And the winds are blowing here in Long Beach. Yes. <laughs> Ten minutes we said, Vic, stop. <laughs> All right, uh, it brought to you by Jacob and Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Jacob. Talk about the play-in tournament. We discussed it with Bill Plaschke a little bit last hour and whether or not it should stay. Do we like it? Do we not? I think these numbers tell you that it's probably not going anywhere. So talking about the Celtics-Wizards game a couple of nights ago, 2.5 million viewers. That topped any regular season TNT telecast after opening night this past season. Even Pacers Hornets, which was a giant debacle, had 1.4 million viewers. Last night's Lakers-Warriors game drew an average audience of 5.6 million viewers. Most watched game on the four-letter network since the 2019 Western Conference Finals. Like it or not, I highly doubt that the uh, play-in tournament is going anywhere anytime soon, Fred. See, here's why. Because we can sit here and say, what is this thing? What are you doing? But in the minds of the audience, it's one and done. That creates urgency. People will watch when there is urgency attached to it. Remove yourself as just being, oh, I love basketball. I'm a huge sports fan. People will watch when it's, this is it. One and done. And kind of that's what it the play-in is if you win you advance but if you lose you got one more crack at it so i can understand it i can see why people would watch it it's going to top you know a game in december with uh you know utah taking on milwaukee absolutely yeah but it's just like you're you're 
in-season tournament, Fred. If you if you play an in-season tournament, people will probably watch it. Right, and why do that you think they want to do it? That that doesn't mean make it a good idea. I mean, I, I, okay, money, why? But no, it still doesn't make it a good idea just because people watch it. You know, you you know have have animals playing at halftime and somebody gets eaten, then people will watch it. What time is that on? <laughs> great idea of course people are going to watch because like you said there's it's the one and done but what's the regular season for you want to keep diminishing the regular season by adding teams to a playoff uh, play-in tournament it's going to be bad because based on that they're going to say oh we need to add five teams six teams in the play-in terrible terrible idea. i think the fans are fascinated with the ramifications of the game it was a sensational game which was really uh, vastly entertaining. But uh, people were wondering, let's say the Lakers lost, then, then they'd have to play the Grizzlies, then they beat the Grizzlies, they got to play Utah. I mean, the ramifications of that game were immense. So I think people were glued. And like my man Luxie, they were locked in. All right, that's good. <laughs> Kevin? Yes. How many people, I don't know the figure, how many people do they say live in the United States? Oh, God, I have no idea. What do you think? 300 million? Millions. 300. Hundreds of millions. Million. Yeah. 300? I said hundreds yeah. of millions. I don't know. 300, 300, 300 plus million. Okay. Right. A little over 300 million. Let's say 300 million. We'll round it off. Okay. And this was a great night for uh, basketball people watching. If there's 300 million people that live in the United States, and that was a great number, that means 295 million didn't watch it. Just think about that. They're trying to create these events to generate interest, to get people to watch, to make money as a form of entertainment. Five million thought it was entertaining. 295 million could have cared less. Yes, but those five million are influenced. That's what the NBA is hoping. Yeah. Well, uh, Nate McMillan is not the head coach of the Pacers like Bill Plasky thought. He's actually the head coach of the Hawks. And he thinks that the uh, NBA actually wants the New York Knicks to do well and advance in the postseason to the detriment of the Hawks, who they play in the first round. And he was fined $25,000 for these comments that he made about the Knicks. He says, I've talked about the Knicks a lot. I've gone as far as saying the league wants this. They need this. New York is a big market. It's a big market for the league. New York has been out of the playoffs for a number of years. This is a team that our league, they want to see be in the postseason and make it back into the playoffs. And for saying that, he was fined $25,000 for detrimental public comments asserting league bias. Well, first of all, it's smart he said it because now it puts everybody on notice. He wants his guys to get the calls. Uh, Second, it was smart he said it because it's true. They don't want them to knock Atlanta out or anybody specifically. But yeah, the league does want the Knicks in there. Um... But it was stupid that he said it. It was stupid that he said it. It's, it's one of those things you acknowledge. It said it. It's acknowledged. It's, oh, I think it's wait. smart to acknowledge yeah. it, but dumb to yeah, not smart to I mean. say it out loud. Right. Yeah, it was smart. He's right. Everything he said is right. Just stupid to say it like that. Yeah. One of those behind closed doors at parties, which you talk about, but publicly you don't say because it's absolutely 100% true. Yeah. In any sport. Right. I mean, they want the Lakers. They want the Lakers to go deep in the playoffs. They want the Cowboys, they want the Yankees, Packers, they want the, yeah, they want the big brands and the big markets to go deep. 
and, and the league has been yearning for the Knicks to be good for years to, to get in the playoffs because it's better for the league. It's a fact. So you can't state facts publicly if you're a coach. It's a fiasco to find when it is love or die. The, the Knicks haven't made the playoffs since 2012-2013. They are electric. Did you know that the Nets are ignored in New York City? It's all about the Knicks. It's all about the Knicks. No one cares about the Nets and their big three. They are basically a subtext. It's all about the New York Knickerbockers and the New York Liberty with Ian Eskew. You know, the fabulous baller out of Oregon with the Mamba mentality. That's the story in New York. It's not Harden and his beard. It's not Kevin Durant. It's not Kyrie Irving. No. They don't care. They care about the Knickerbockers. Well, people in New York might not care about the Nets, but nationwide, they're definitely top of mind. I saw a poll from Bet Online talking about the most hated teams in the NBA. And the Nets, with 25 states, the most hated team in the NBA, followed by the Lakers, who are hated the most hated in 21 states. The 76ers and Celtics are tied at two. Are we surprised that the Nets and Lakers are the most hated teams in the NBA? And maybe more surprised that the Nets are more hated than the Lakers are, Fred? Yeah, I'm surprised by that. The Lakers, obviously, have had more success. But, you know, you always, you always hate the team that's the villain. And when you put those three guys together... On one team, it looks like it's stacked, so they become the villains. You hate the villains. So that doesn't surprise me at all, Rodney. No, doesn't surprise me at all. Lakers are going to be hated uh, regardless, but it doesn't surprise me because people, the general population, wants to see people and teams kind of earn it. Earn it the old way, build, build it, and then take your lumps, and then eventually get there. And, and don't want to see it kind of bought. That's why people hated the Yankees for years, because they would feel Steinbrenner would just buy, buy championships along the way. And I think it's the same way with the Brooklyn Nets, that people feel like this is a manufactured, bought team that can win a championship. That's why they're I'm a little stunned at the uh, animosity for Brooklyn. I mean, this has been a cursed franchise for the last 40 years. You know, starting in Jersey, moving over you know, to Brooklyn. It probably has less to do with the franchise, Vic, and more to do with the individuals Players. on the team. I mean, this team has won nothing, okay? Maybe, you know, Jason Kidd brought them to the finals a couple years. Of course, they lost. But they've won nothing. They've done nothing. They've won nothing. And I, I don't understand the animosity. I know they got the three-headed monster. I understand, you know, the Lakers. 17 world championships, y'all. Now, come on. <laughs> well... Celtics have their share of championships, too, and we've talked on the show about the, their future and heads rolling there and who's going to take the blame for them not mm. living up to expectations. Well, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Brad Stevens is not the one to take the blame. He says Brad Stevens is going to be back. The idea that his job might be in jeopardy is not accurate at all, which tells us, obviously, there's going to be either some sort of shakeup in the front office or some shakeup on the roster, but it doesn't look like it's going to affect Brad Stevens at all if we're to believe Woj, which we probably should, Fred. Well, surprising, because obviously you're not going to trade all the players. You're definitely not trading Tatum. So. Right. Um, 
they have to do something. So where could and Danny Ainge said this, right? Danny Ainge said that something has to change. Well, Danny Ainge can't fire Danny Ainge. Right. He can fire Brad Stevens, and according to Woj, that's not happening. So But the owner can fire Danny Ainge. True. Yes, but the owner didn't say things were gonna change. Danny Ainge did. I hope the owner didn't hear that. Well, you know what? You're not gonna fire Brad Stevens? Okay. I'm gonna fire you. Now we've changed. Yeah, they've got to do something, though. I, even watching them the other night, you know, when they really get into this now, when they get knocked out, they're in no man's land. They're just in no man's land. They can't get over the hump. Yeah, you know, Ainge, and he, they took their lumps. They tried to build it. Then they tried to buy it. Then they're bringing guys in and out, and none of the combinations have worked. They certainly have underachieved, and I don't know if you could put it all on Brad Stevens. Sometimes chemistry amongst players and the right fits work and for the last few years you know they've gotten close but they haven't figured out the right chemistry of players so I don't know who needs to go I really don't but uh, sometimes change for the sake of change doesn't even work either yeah Brad Stevens has done a great job eight years guiding the Celtics uh, last couple of years they were in the Eastern Finals this year of course a big step back they just have to tweak a little bit. They're the Celtics, man. You know, Celtic fans will not accept this kind of squad. So things will change. They'll take up some dudes. But yeah, they can't be balling like this in, in a, at a mediocre level. And last one here. I saw Tim Tebow officially signed with the Jaguars, made his debut in minicamp today, or OTAs, or whatever you want to call them now, wearing number 85. I'll put the over-under on two weeks. How long will it take for his 85 jersey to be sold out at the Jaguars team store online, Fred? Oh, I'm going to go uh, under. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Colin was talking about how he's listening to some shows. He listens to radio around the country sometimes, and he listens to some shows in the South. And he was right. People are like, give him a chance. He deserves it. He's mm -hmm. earned this chance. This guy hasn't played in eight years. Yep. Wasn't a great quarterback. Now he wants to play tight end. Give him a chance. I'd say under two weeks, Rodney. Yeah, definitely under two weeks. I'm, I'm going under three days. Yeah, I initially was going to say two days, but I yeah. thought maybe extrapolate oh, no. a little it, further. It'll be sold out real quick, real quick. And uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a circus down there, just uh, uh, surrounding him. You know, Trevor Lawrence is not going to get questions asked about, you know, how he's progressing, how he thinks the NFL is. He's going to be asked questions about. How do you think Tim Tebow's doing? How's Tim Tebow as a tight end? How's he catch? I mean, he's going to get bombarded by Tebow questions, even defensive players. You know? What do you think about Tebow? And pretty soon, guys are going to get sick and tired of answering 85 questions every single day about Tebow's practice today. So, yeah, but the fans, absolutely going to sell out in a hurry. 85 minutes. It'll be sold out. 85 minutes. I like it. 85 minutes. They love their T-ball. Let's face it. They love their T-ball. That's his hot there. That's his, that's his base. Oh, no. That jersey is going to be flying off the shelf. Well, we love you, Vic, but I don't know if we can say the same about your cell phone. And that's what's lighting up the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford talked about how he came to the decision that he wanted out and what he thinks about being with the Rams. And we'll get to that next. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Hogan and Rodney.
Yeah, that's what we're doing. Keep on trucking, Freddie. Keep on trucking on a throwback Thursday. Let's go. Do it. Uh, let's bring in our NFL insider, our dear friend, Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, how are you today? I'm doing good. I uh, just got a text from somebody in Jacksonville. Tim Tebow will be the starting quarterback. Uh, Trevor, La- Trevor Lawrence is not going to be signed, and uh, he's a free agent. That's a no, I thought Trevor scuttle. Lawrence. I thought Trevor Lawrence would be the tight end now. There you go. He might be going to now get a try. They're moving him to tight end, uh, you know, because uh, everybody has an opinion and is upset over, you know, what is he, the 88th guy on the roster right now, Tim Tebow? But apparently, he's he's big news, and uh, a lot of people are upset. Uh, about this signing, so uh, I, I I have to laugh a little bit. I think it's I think it's a little bit of misplaced anger, but it, but but I digress. All right. So Vinny, uh, <laughs> Matthew Stafford talked with the Times and mm-hmm. talked about uh, what happened in Detroit, and he said he had had many conversations with his wife, and they finally looked at each other and said, "We got to go. We we got to go." And he said he was apprehensive at first about talking to the Lions about it because he was concerned they would say, "Yeah, you have to go, but you have two more years on your deal, and you're finishing it out." But when he went to the Lions and said, I got to go, don't you think they had to try to move him? Yeah, and for them, uh, it was a chance to kind of do a little bit of a reset. Um, Obviously, it wasn't working with Matthew Stafford for as long as he had been there. Um, And so it was a chance for them to hit the reset button, take care of a guy that's been a a good soldier uh, for them. It's not been Matthew Stafford's fault that, that that the Lions haven't been good. They just haven't been able to put anything uh, around him on a, any kind of a consistent basis. Uh, so it was, it really was one of those situations where it, it kind of worked out uh, for, for everybody. And it, it, it shows you the respect that he had for them and the respect that they had uh, for him. And, and Rodney, I was going to ask you this because you played in Detroit. I know that, you know, the success of the team hasn't always been great uh, with that organization, but I always wondered what your experiences were playing in that city and for that organization. It seems Love- like it's for, I was gonna say, yeah, no, love the city. I love the city. I love the the energy of the city. The the city, such a such a rich history. You know, blue collar city, work hard city. Um, you know, got your back kind of city. But from the organization's you know organizational standpoint, it is it's frustrating because you get to a point where you feel like okay, we're on the right track, and then you take three steps back. Yeah. Or, or you you know you get some pieces in place, but you don't add to it. And that's the way I, I felt in my five years there. It, it, you know, it's it's almost like, Vinny, when you look at an organization like Tampa Bay, who was the laughing stock of the league for a long, long, long time, uh, just couldn't do things right, the uh, joke. And say what you want about the Glazers, but they have turned that around. I mean, they won mm-hmm. a Super Bowl back with Gruden. They went all in when he got there, listened to him, and, and he got the players in there they didn't want. They just won the Super Bowl and signed all 22 of their starters. And and, and you don't see that very often anymore uh, in, in professional sports. And as a player, all you want to do is, you know, yes, the money is great, and it is. Don't don't get me wrong. But you want to win. Yeah, you want to no win. Doubt. And when you feel as a player that that is not the priority or at least the top priority of organization, it becomes very, very frustrating. And what's interesting is that now it's a new, it's a new day because – you know, players are more empowered now than they ever been before. You know, back you know in the day, as guys you know wanted to get out, it was very difficult to get out of situations like that. Yeah, and I'll say this: you know, the Lions with their new leadership, Brad Holmes, who came from the Rams, 
uh, their new general manager. Um, got to know him uh, when I was, was covering the Rams. I think they're in tremendous hands. And, you know, I, I just look at that market and that team, and I know that, you know, Fred, you've got a history with Detroit as well. If they could just ever get that turned around for any, you know, period of time, how special it would be for that region and that organization. It's kind of like one of those, you, you, you kind of quietly root for them just to see what it would be like for the Lions to actually be a relevant, good team for any period of time. I think that city would just just gobble it up. No, you're 100% right about that, Vinny. Uh, what about talks that perhaps if the Raiders could, they would trade Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers? What do you think about that? Well, you know, the Raiders are in a pretty good position here. They, they have a quarterback that they really do like. And uh, John Gruden has been pretty adamant about, you know, how he feels about Derek Carr and, and where he feels this team can go with Derek Carr if you put the right pieces around him. But on the other hand, you know, Aaron Rodgers has obviously expressed uh, through at least some channels and some pe- people around him that he would he would welcome a trade to the Raiders. And this is the second time. Uh, now, in this past year where Russell Wilson, his agent, came out and said the same thing. So it's kind of a compliment to John Gruden, number one. Uh, players, it seems, want to play for him, quarterbacks in, in particular. Uh, but they're in a pretty strong position. They have a quarterback that they like. But, I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers truly wants to be here and the Packers get to a point where they have to seriously consider trading him, I think the Raiders would be all over it. And they, they are in a power position from that perspective, because they have a quarterback in Derek Carr who you could see going to Green Bay. I don't think that they're ready to, to hand the reins over to Jordan Love. So if you're the Packers and you can get a quarterback back like Derek Carr, you know, in a reluctant situation of having to trade Aaron Rodgers, you're, it's not a bad situation for the, for the Packers either. It's making the best of a bad situation, I should say. And for the Raiders' perspective, I mean, Aaron Rodgers – with John Gruden and the Raiders in Las Vegas, um, that would be quite the show. So if you are the Raiders and there is genuine or there, there definitely is interest from Aaron Rodgers' end, but it has to get to a point where the Packers are open to trading him. If that ever happens, I would expect the Raiders to definitely try to find out what it would take and whether or not they could be a team that the, the Packers would consider trading him to. Yeah, Raiders, it would be must-see TV if he went to the Raiders. What, how, do you, how, do, how do you think that that's going to play out, Vinny? We're getting we're approaching summer, uh, you know, OTA, training camps, all those things are getting ready to start up soon. How do you think the Packers-Aaron Rodgers situation plays out? So it's, a, it's a great question because as we sit right now, you know, there's no way the Packers want to trade him. And that probably is an indication, too. Well, number one, you have the reigning MVP, so that speaks for itself. But also, do they have confidence in Jordan Love right now? Probably not. This isn't the same situation a few years ago when it was Brett Favre moving out, and they knew what they had in Aaron Rodgers because he had been there for three years. Uh, This is a little bit different. I, I can't see that they would be willing to make that trade, but you just talked about how different things are now um, with, with players that have power. If he pushes the right button, and I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers, he could he could put the he could push the Packers into a enough of a corner where they're really their only alternative to salvage uh, anything out of it is to is to make a trade for him. So I would say forty sixty that he stays. I say sixty forty that he stays in Green Bay. But I'm 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 not. He's 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 the type of guy that when he gets something in his head and he feels that he's been wrong. We've seen this before. It's probably one of the reasons why he's gotten to to this point in his career. There's a major chip that he's always had on his shoulder, and there's something that's not right with him and the Green Bay Packers. And if he feels that that can't get rectified, he's going to push every button he can to make a trade happen. 
All right, Vinny. Well, we're glad we haven't pushed your buttons. and You'll always come on with us. <laughs> whoa, so thank whoa, you very much. Whoa. Always, always. All right, Vinny. You have a good afternoon. You too, guys. Thanks for having me. We are back to wrap things up in a moment here. Hogan and Rodney. Rodney Pete. An athlete. Rodney Pete. A father. Rodney Pete. An L.A. icon. Rodney Pete. And this guy. Red Rogan. <laughs> AM570 LA Sports. Catch the Dodgers and Diamondbacks tonight at 7 on AM570 LA Sports and at HD on the free iHeartRadio app. It's brought to you by Nutrisystem. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash baseball and lose weight fast. All with free delivery. Ronnie and Kevin, thank you. Great job as always. We're back tomorrow. Rodney, talk to you then. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark Hard part about a brother got smoked by a fiend Tryna floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin Making money off of cuss words, writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night, down sunset, like in the sin What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in that lake on bail. My people say, To live and die in that lake.